everyone, and welcome to the Atomic Podcast. My name is Rachel Cushing, and I'm here to do a special movie reviewing segment for you. As some of you know, I have a blog called GetRealWithRachel.com, real spelled with two E's, where I break down current films in order to talk about all the pros and cons as far as the acting, story, and filmmaking go. I grade each of those things on a scale of 0 to 5, and then give my overall score at the end. You can check those written reviews out if you'd like, but today I'm going to give you my quick thoughts on three films that are currently playing in theaters across the country. First up is Sicario, which is in limited release at the moment, but will go wider this coming Friday, October 2nd. Sicario is directed by Canadian filmmaker Denis Villeneuve, he who gave us the Hugh Jackman, Jack Jake Gyllenhaal super dark thriller Prisoners in 2013, as well as another smaller film also starring Gyllenhaal that year called Enemy. Both of those films received very high praise from critics and audiences alike, but for my money, Sicario is his masterpiece. Or at least so far, I have a feeling he's got several more in him. The movie contains a trifecta of amazing performances by Emily Blunt, Josh Brolin, and Benicio Del Toro. Blunt plays a kick-ass FBI agent who finds herself in a bit over her head as she has to team up with two government consultants, an egotistical Texan played by Brolin, and a quietly menacing South American played by Del Toro, in order to deal with a Mexican drug cartel that's operating near the Arizona border. Blunt is absolutely mesmerizing as a lead, even better than she was in Edge of Tomorrow last year. She's both strong and vulnerable as she deals with the escalating situation and acts as the audience's surrogate. We're seeing the story unfold through her eyes, so her confusion and her anger is ours as well, and that's a really effective way to tell the story. Brolin is simply Brolin, doing what he does best. He has that cocky swagger we all know so well. But it's Del Toro that you will probably be thinking about when you leave the theater. He is just so intimidating, but in this very quiet way. And he's the most mysterious character. And I won't say too much because it's his story that unfolds that is at the crux of the entire plot and what's going on. But suffice it to say, he simply nails it. And I knew Blunt would be good. I knew Brolin would be good. But for some reason, I had forgotten how amazing of an actor Del Toro is. And this movie just reminded me. And as much as I think Blunt deserves a Best uh, Actress Oscar nomination, I really think Del Del Toro deserves a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Generally, this is a very character-driven movie, more so than an action movie. So the pace is a little bit different. There's not action, action, action. There's real moments that breathe. Um, Villeneuve loves these aerials, these long aerials of Texas and desert topography. And there's a lot of moody music and tone and you have these character moments and everything just feels contemplative. But that's a great counterbalance to the action scenes, which are fantastic in and of themselves. And I feel like the buildup makes those scenes even better when you have these slow, confusing, interesting, intriguing moments beforehand. And that, to me, is a better balanced movie. Also, a better character movie. Like, you just are invested more. And Villeneuve has just this way with tension and with ambiguity and mood that is so arresting and so tense. You just sit in the edge of your seat with your shoulders up by your ears. And then when the action actually happens, it's this explosion and it's visually stunning. Villeneuve has worked with the legendary cinematographer Roger Deakins on all of his films. 
And they are a great pair. They just bring this mood to life and these colors and the light and the dark. And it's, it's beautiful to watch and such a very dark, twisting story. And it's just a masterclass in filmmaking from start to finish. And I think that this is one of those directors to truly keep an eye on because I think he's got a lot of great stuff in him. So obviously, I recommend this movie. It is actually cracked my top three best movies of 2015, at least so far at this point, and I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. So the second movie I'd like to talk about is Everest, directed by Balthazar Kormakor, who did the Mark Wahlberg Denzel Washington action movie Two Guns. This movie dramatizes the real-life disaster that took place on Mount Everest in 1996, which was once considered the deadliest day in the mountain's history. Now, some of you may not know much about those real events. Personally, I'm a student of that story. I've read all the books and seen the IMAX documentary. Um, a bit of a novice mountaineer in my own right. Love to hike, love to backpack and climb. And so I had a personal relationship with the story. But I will say what was great about the movie was that you didn't need to have that. You don't need to know a thing about this story to get invested in it. Because basically at its core, it's a man versus nature story. And that's a universal one. I think a lot of people, even if they haven't heard of this particular event, will get swept away in it. Some people have said that they don't love the pacing, the balance between the action and the exposition. And I can understand that. But for me, I liked it. I liked hearing all of the logistics of what it means to actually climb Everest because it's a nearly impossible task that will kill you very easily. One in four people die trying to climb this mountain. So the stakes are raised when you really get to know what it takes to acclimatize and all the dangers that that includes. Forget about the actual summit push to 29,000 feet. So the movie stars Jason Clark as a New Zealand mountain guide who is trying to get his group of paying clients to the top of the tallest mountain in the world. Some of those clients are played by John Hawks, Josh Brolin, and Michael Kelly, who was on the Netflix show House of Cards. Jake Gyllenhaal also plays a guide of a rival company who's trying to get his clients to the top. There are dozens of minor characters, and I know that sounds scary, but I think the movie does a good job of keeping most of the attention on the characters I mentioned. They are you know, the, their stories are the important ones. We get to know them. And, you know, when the disaster hits, they're the ones we're invested in. But there are minor characters you get invested in as well. Um, Emily Watson shows up, Kira Knightley, Sam Worthington. So it's a very, very well-acted movie. They are all given their moments, and you really get to know them in the first half when you're dealing with all this exposition and logistical explanation. So you get to know them, too, so that when the disaster does hit in the last act, at least I was very emotionally invested in what was happening to them. So I think that that was very well done. And ultimately, it's just a great man versus nature story. And if for no other reason, try to see this on the big screen, because in fact, the biggest screen you can find, IMAX particularly, in 3D if you can do it, because it is a visually breathtaking movie. And it's such an interesting juxtaposition to have this stunning backdrop and these sweeping shots and it's so beautiful and nature at its purest and yet this devastating event happens so it's it, I think that it is a great juxtaposition of those two things and visually just an immersive immersive experience and one that will play best on a big screen so not as good as Sicario but I do recommend seeing on the big screen the last film I'd like to talk about is the one most people are talking about 
Black Mass. Scott Cooper directed this quasi-biopic about the infamous Boston crime lord and murderer, Whitey Bulger. The first thing to be said is, of course, that this is Johnny Depp's big comeback. He throws himself into this dark character with a lot of menace and anger, but also just a little bit of glee because that's Johnny Depp. But he keeps the crazy in check in a way that means he still gives this incredibly nuanced and very haunting performance as basically a psychopathic killer. Um, Amazing performance. And his isn't the only one. It's amazing performances across the board. This movie is chock full of actors. Joel Edgerton, Benedict Cumberbatch, Peter Sarsgaard, Kevin Bacon, Adam Scott, Jesse Plemons, David Harbour, Corey Stoll, and several others I can't think of the names of right now. And they all are great. Some get more to do than others. Some make the most of very small parts. Peter Sarsgaard is crazy good. Crazy, crazy, but also just crazy good in this very small part. It's just such an interesting character study. But therein also lies the problem. The story and the screenplay feels a little muddled. Anybody who is hoping for the next Goodfellas or the next The Departed, this is not your movie. It doesn't concentrate on the empire or the empire building or the logistics or the... There's not a huge arc for Bulger. Instead, it's this piece about characters and trying to get at the core of why they are the way they are. And for me, it was actually kind of a portrait of two different kinds of evil, two different kinds of villains. Because Bulger is one kind, but John Connolly is a completely different kind. And Connolly is played by Joel Edgerton, and he is the FBI agent, the corrupt FBI agent, that basically made a deal with the devil, Bulger, and allowed Bulger to wreak havoc on Boston and become a mass murderer. And it's such an interesting juxtaposition. Their relationship is so interesting and creepy and weird, and then their relationships with other people and how they react to moments. And that's what this movie does. It has great moments, great scenes, but they don't add up to a great movie. You'll remember specific things. You won't remember the whole thing, or at least a lot of people haven't been. And and I can understand that criticism, even though the acting and the relationships were enough for me to, again, recommend this film. It's not a solid story. It's not a solid arc, beginning to end. It's based on true life, so that's part of it. But it was also just a decision on the part of Cooper and the writers to be more of a character piece than a mob movie in the traditional sense, or even a new traditional sense. So maybe slightly disappointing, but still good enough. So I guess I'm going three for three. I would recommend seeing all of these movies in the theater. I think Sicario is the best. I think Everest is absolutely worthy of a big screen watch. And if you can't get to Black Mass, you can certainly rent it or stream it when it becomes available. Keep an eye out. Depp does have a solid shot at an Oscar nomination. I think Edgerton should be considered as well. So there's a lot going for all three of these movies for sure. So there you go. There are three reviews for movies that are in theaters right now. Thanks so much for listening and thanks so much for listening to the Atomic Podcast. And thanks to those guys for letting me be a part of this. If you 
are interested in any of my writing, you can check out my movie review blog, getrealwithrachel.com. All my reviews are up on that site. I also write for the movie site schmoesno.com for that great brand. They do a lot of writing on movie news and op-ed pieces on movies and television. And the guys do reviews, which are great. There's videos, there's articles. It's a lot going on over there. So yeah, thanks again. And I hope you make it to the movies sometime soon. Till next time. Bye.